0: Hello and welcome to the Woo Woo Wonder Hour, where we discuss new age topics, including alternative health, spirituality, and all things metaphysical. I'm your host, Krista.
1: And I'm your host, Roxy. And we are the Woo Woo Women. Woo woo! Woo! Welcome to our 19th episode. Today we are talking with Abby Payne. Abby is a registered nurse, cannabis educator, and CEO of Nurse Abby LLC. In addition to six years of acute care nursing experience, Abby is a certified canny nurse and a member of the American Cannabis Nurses Association and the American Holistic Nurses Association. Abby became curious about cannabis while searching for holistic options to manage the stress of being an ICU nurse during the pandemic. What she learned about cannabis changed the course of her career and gave her a passion to educate the public on Cannabis 101, Cannabis Safety, and the amazing endocannabinoid system that regulates our bodies.
0: Welcome, Abby. We are super excited to have you.
2: Yes, we are. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here.
0: Man. Well, we've been wanting to talk to Abby for a couple of weeks because we were anticipating this uh, interview Abby, could you please share with us your story and how you have come to this point in your life? I bet you it's going to be an interesting one.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes, I would love to. So like you said in my introduction, I've been a registered nurse for, I think I'm coming up on seven years now. And my goal was always to be an ICU nurse. That was my life's ambition from the time I was in middle school path of nursing i was a cna and then an lpn and then a registered nurse and then i got my bachelor's in nursing and after six years i'm sorry four years i finally got to the icu and then covid hit <laughs> and i became a covid icu nurse brand new to icu nursing and that's oh, when wow. things really shifted for me um I realized that the healthcare care system is a sick care system. It's not a health care system. We would just see the same people who don't have insulin at home, and they would come back to the ICU, and you'd see them over and over again, and people didn't seem to be getting better, and then a lot of people would pass away, especially in the COVID ICU. And then I developed some pretty severe PTSD during the pandemic, and I was having nightmares and Panic attacks and the whole gambit, which my counselor at the time was saying, This is pretty normal. Like it's a traumatic experience you're going through. And um, yeah, like you said in my introduction, that's when I started looking for alternative, holistic methods to manage stress and anxiety and to focus on my own health. Um, Like I saw so many of my patients not doing. And that's when I discovered CBD was super helpful, like everybody says it is. And then I really dived into the research and here I am today trying to educate people about it.
0: That's beautiful. Wow. I, I can only imagine what you went through as an ICU nurse in, you know, COVID times. Um, oof. And it sounds like you're, you know, if you chose the path of nursing, usually from our experience, nurses are what we call very empathic people. So they, you know, they care a lot about other people and they kind of give their heart and soul to others. So I can imagine what you went through, but, um, and I also agree with what you said uh, with, you know, kind of keeping people, I don't want to say keeping people sick, that's not the intention, but, um, right. you know, my, my father's went through a lot of significant health issues over the past few mm-hmm. years and. You know, sometimes you just kind of sit there and wonder, like, it seems like when he takes all these pills, he gets worse, you know?
2: Or having long, long waits to get your appointment done, you know, waiting a month, that ultrasound done, and in the meantime, feeling lost in limbo. Like, I think when you have a family member who's really sick, you notice how broken our system is
1: yeah absolutely. I like um your terminology of sick care system because yeah, that just that seems to describe it a little more so. And we definitely see you know the broken health care system. But I love that people like you, Abby, are starting to change that. So I see some of that shifting and there's growing awareness. Hey, let's try to um, find the cause instead of just treating the symptoms.
2: Absolutely, yeah, I see a lot of that too. I think there's a big shift happening in healthcare towards holisticers, coaching, um, and mental health awareness. And I'm glad and proud to be a part of that new revolution in healthcare.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you for that.
2: Yes. Uh-
1: the question, what was it like as a healthcare professional starting to use a product that has been taboo for so long?
2: It was really. There was a lot of stigma even within myself because okay. I had used cannabis as a teenager up in Colorado, so it was kind of part <laughs> of the culture. <laughs> uh-huh. And then I let go, you know, I moved on past that, went to nursing school and hadn't touched anything cannabis related for over 12 years and then to start integrating cannabis into my health health regimen was really hard for me. I would feel like I was a criminal or I would just come up against my own personal stigma against cannabis, which the more I learned about it and the history of that stigma, that really helped me let go and realize that this is a plant. It's just a plant. It's a flower. And it's got medicinal benefits, and but yeah, it took a long time to move past my own stigma. And then in the healthcare system, we cannabis nurses kind of talk about can coming out of the cannabis closet, and that takes a couple years. Like you're kind of learning about things, you're maybe starting your business, but actually talking to your coworkers about cannabis or the doctors you work with, that has been especially challenging.
1: Yeah, I imagine so, especially, you know, with that professionalism training, there's the code of ethics and you're not supposed to use certain substances. But, you know, just like we see the shift in the healthcare system starting to come around, I like this shift because there are other substances such as you know tobacco or alcohol that have really detrimental effects on our
2: body but you know
1: mm-hmm. people are okay with that we're just like eh, you know it's fine if you're using it
2: responsibly right right which interestingly with alcohol prohibition in the 20s we take for granted how easy how easily everybody accepts alcohol beer wine whereas that did not used to be the case in this country we had a period of prohibition with alcohol. So it's interesting to be in the forefronts of removing the prohibition of cannabis. And it's funny to think a hundred years from now, how people will be talking about cannabis. Is it going to be how they talk about beer today, you know? Oh
1: goodness. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, that's a good point.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I foresaw yeah,
1: really the exciting. shift
0: here. I mean, we I grew up in South Carolina in the Bible belt. So, mm. you know, <laughs> Cannabis was, you know, not something that you would do. Sorry, my dad's uh, on his lawnmower right now. Hope you all can't hear that. Um, anyways, so in South Carolina, it, it was very taboo to do any kind of cam- cannabis. And, you know, I've moved to Florida recently. And Florida seems to be a little bit more open about cannabis. They, you even see, like, signs everywhere where they are trying to legalize it here. And mm, I know, yeah. isn't it legal in Colorado Abby.
2: It is legal in Colorado. Yes. So we have adult use legal, which means it's like alcohol. Anybody over 21 can walk into a dispensary and buy cannabis. Wow. Oh. Yeah, which is crazy <laughs> compared to how I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
0: what life lessons did you learn from your time as a ICU nurse until now uh, running your own business?
2: Yeah, it's It's amazing when you run a business that is based off of so much passion and personal um, like personal growth because my journey with cannabis is I was a cannabis patient and that's true for most cannabis nurses chronic pain. At some point as a nurse you discover cannabis helps you and then you want to help other people. So. The transition, I left the ICU, and I still work full-time as a registered nurse in a PACU. So, like, after surgery, I take care of people in the recovery room. But running my own business has just reinvigorated my life with passion and just that desire to help people again. And nurses, we get so burnt out, and we get um, so emotionally Burnt out, they call it moral injury in nursing, where you want to do the right thing, but you don't have the resources to do it. And that causes sort of a moral injury to your soul, to your spirit, and it kind of crushes you. And you do that year after year and you stop, you lose your compassion. And I've found that starting my own business and trying to help people manage their pain and their symptoms in a holistic way has really. Helped me have compassion again and feel like a nurse again and feel like a healer again.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that you have been able to get back into your passion because burnout is a big thing, especially in nursing. We see it with teachers, and
2: you know, I think that was brought to
1: the forefront through the pandemic, especially. So, oh, that gives me hope for so many people to find that passion again.
2: Yes, yes, me too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So um, can you talk about some of the benefits of CBD? Um, What are some of the mental or physical symptoms that it can help with?
2: Yes, I would love to. So before we talk about CBD or cannabis, we have to understand the endocannabinoid system. Most people, myself included as a nurse, had never heard of the endocannabinoid system. And it was discovered in the late 90s by Dr. Raphael Mashulam in Israel. They were researching how does cannabis weed get people high. And they found THC, and then they tagged it, and they put it into the body, and they watched as the whole body, the brain, the spinal cord, the gastrointestinal system, it lit up with these receptors. And then they discovered that we have receptors for cannabis, cannabinoids, on every tissue present in the human body. In our eyes, our brain, spinal cord, GI system, our skin, pancreas. Every single tissue has receptors that bind to cannabinoids. So then they thought, how does that happen? Usually when we have so many receptors, that means we make our own in our body. And they discovered that we do. We make cannabis-like molecules in our own bodies. One of them is called anandamide, which is Sanskrit for bliss. So it's sort of that bliss feeling that they kind of associate it with the runner's high now that they've discovered this, that it's that very calm, relaxed feeling. It's associated with sleep and pain reduction. And then another one is called 2AG, and we make this in our own body. And it is very important in immune function and a whole host of balancing act within the body. So that was a big discovery for me. And that's when I decided to start this business is that we have a body system that interacts with cannabis and we make our own cannabis-like molecules.
0: Wow. Wow. It's almost like, yeah, it's almost like we were... I don't know if I, if this is the right thing but we were almost like built to have this as a healing herb. Do you believe that? Yes.
2: I do believe that. I do, and I don't, you know, everybody has their different beliefs on a higher power or a design, um, but with the way this plant works and the way our endocannabinous endocannabinoid system works, it does seem like it was a gift from the gods. It was a gift to mankind to help ease our suffering. Far more, in my opinion, than even the poppy with opiates, mm-hmm. because it touches every system of the human body. So with this endocannabinoid system, we can use cannabis to sort to calm the body back down. And like how I like to explain the endocannabinoid system is think of New York City. You've got cars trucks, motorcycles, pedestrians, people on skateboards. There's just a hub of activity and traffic. And the endocannabinoid system, if New York City is our body, and all of those pedestrians and traffic are the signals going on in our body, the endocannabinoid system is the traffic lights, the police officers controlling the flow of traffic, the yield signs, stop signs, It's the regulator, the regulator of the human body to bring things that are going out of control back into balance. Mm hmm.
0: You know, I don't know if this is true, but I had heard once that um, cannabis was used in ancient Egypt as one of the um, one of the uh, healing herbs that they would burn um when they were you know having some sort of sac- uh, sacred ceremony or something
2: is that true that is true it is an ancient chinese medicine our lo- our longest dating records of cannabis come from china along the silk road we found some um, br- wooden braziers that have cannabis thc resin in them so we know that oh, wow. ancient China was using burned cannabis. We see a lot of textile cannabis, you know, even older, like clothing and shoes. But the first evidence of it being burned and consumed with high THC, yeah, is along the Silk Road in ancient China. It's an ancient Chinese medicine.
0: Wow. So, so how do you work with people or help people to move past the negative you know uh, stigma with cannabis.
2: So education, education is the biggest thing. There is some really dark history of cannabis prohibition, and it is rooted in racism and political control. So back in um, the 1900s, eighteen, nineteen hundreds, cannabis was prescribed by physicians and was part of the US Pharmacopoeia, which was like the pharmaceutical textbook at the time. Physicians would commonly prescribe cannabis for cough suppressant, headaches, migraines, sleep disorders, it was one of their top medicines. And they would make these tinctures and give them to their patients. Well then, um, they started having more people from Mexico and from Jamaica with um, the World War. They were bringing in smokable marijuana and they decided to use marijuana and they gave it that term marijuana to mm-hmm. target latinos and black people and to target them so that they could imprison them and oh. silence them really and there is a lot of evidence for that there's a really good book called chasing the scream which goes into all kinds of depth about cannabis prohibition. So when I teach people about cannabis and if they have a stigma about cannabis, I, we have to unpack where that stigma came from. And when I unpack all of that, a lot of people will realize that their thoughts and views on cannabis are coming from propaganda, propaganda that's still left over about reefer madness, And um, then they're a little bit more able to move past it. And then when we talk about the endocannabinoid system, we make our own cannabis-like molecules. Anandamide is very similar to THC; it's almost identical. So we make these these chemicals in our bodies. And then it's hard to say something's bad when we make it in our own body. So that helps people.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. I remember um, doing some research back in my early college years, and uh, just, like you said, unpacking that, and it was just so eye-opening to see this intentional setting of the stigma around cannabis, and how, I mean, it's such a helpful thing, And but there's also that emotional component, because if there's that stigma associated with it, and you grow up with that from childhood, thinking, oh, this is bad... I'm sure it takes a lot of work emotionally, too, once you have that information to move past that feeling of, oh, this is bad. I shouldn't do this.
2: Definitely. And to go back to your previous question about the benefits of CBD, it's great that we have the option of CBD because CBD is not psychoactive. It does not get you high. It does not alter your coordination or make you impaired. So for people who are worried about getting high or they have a lot of stigma um, that they're working through, then CBD is a wonderful option because it doesn't have a lot of those traditional cannabis effects. Um, And then there, I don't know if you've heard of Charlotte from Charlotte's Web many years ago, the little girl with seizures, she really normalized CBD, that it is a medicine from the cannabis plant that doesn't get you high. You can have pain relief, it can help with nausea and vomiting, decrease anxiety and depression, and can help you sleep. It's a neuroprotective antioxidant, which means it protects your brain. And it helps with cognition. And those are all benefits that we can get from CBD without ever feeling high.
0: Oh,
1: Oh my goodness. I love that.
2: Yeah, it makes a lot of
0: sense to me the way that it, it helps with so many nervous system problems, right?
2: Yes, it helps a lot with nervous system problems. And actually, the United States government holds a patent on the use of cannabinoids as a neuroprotective antioxidant. And they've had that patent for over 10 years. For Ever since this research first started coming out, the U.S. was very quick to put a patent on cannabinoids for neuroprotection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So here's a
1: follow-up question. Does it help with neuropathy?
2: It does help with neuropathy, yes. And... I'll try not to get too down in detail about how it works, but how how cannabis works is through this system called retrograde signaling. So we have nerves in our body, and these signals usually go from A to B, from the pre-synapse to the post-synapse. Retrograde signaling works backwards, from the post-synapse back up to the pre-synapse, So, what this means is when we have a signal going through our body, our nerves release neurotransmitters to carry that signal through. Cannabis or our own endocannabinoid system sends signals in the opposite direction to stop the release of those neurotransmitters so that the signals don't get through. Yeah, so what that means is that these, you know, chronic pain, migraines, seizures, neuropathy, these overactive signals of pain, these nerves that are just being stimulated so much, the endocannabinoid system or cannabis as a substitute will help to calm those neurotransmitters from being released and to stop the signals from the source.
1: Wow, that is so helpful. I know a few people who suffer from Neuropathy and have tried all the normal health care, Western health care options. And uh, yeah, I have had zero progress. So that sounds really promising.
2: Yeah, it's very effective um, for neuropathy because cannabis is the only, and the endocannabinoid system is the only system that works in the opposite direction. It's very, it's completely unique to the endocannabinoid system. That's how it works to calm the body and keep the body in balance. So any other pharmaceuticals, they're not going to be working in that same way. They might be blocking GABA, like gabapentin works on the GABA receptors, but it's not actually turning down the signals from the source like cannabis can. Mm-hmm.
0: I have a question. Yes, fascinating. fascinating. So yes. for people that have suffered from addictions before in their life. Like maybe it was alcohol or it was drug abuse or something like that. How is is cannabis a good alternative therapy for them? And the second part would be how do they use it responsibly so that they don't become, you know, overdue with addiction?
2: Yeah, that's a great question and a valid question. So, anytime I work with someone, I take a very detailed history. And if they are someone who is currently struggling with addiction or has struggled with addiction, then it's sort of about what their goals are. Cannabis is being researched to help people with addiction, with opioid addiction, and with alcoholism. Because of that retrograde signaling, it can help to calm the nervous system and calm cravings. And withdrawal symptoms which can be really helpful to get someone off of their substance but at the same time there is that psychoactive um, element to the THC variety of cannabis so if someone's goal is to get off of you know not have any of that psychoactive element then we would use a more CBD variety Um, I also always teach people about cannabis fasting So your body can get used to cannabis and build up a tolerance. So if someone is new to cannabis and they're worried about kind of getting addicted to the high or the psychoactive effects, I always say take two days off, two to three days off every week, every two weeks where you don't use any cannabis. Do meditation, do your yoga, focus on your nutrition, your self-care because all of those things tone and soothe our endocannabinoid cannabinoid system naturally so it's sort of a balanced effect of treating this as the ancient medicine that it is and not just as a drug but really having a mindfulness approach to how you use cannabis and then being in touch with me if you feel like you are kind of getting dependent on it or turning to it for your psychosocial needs because that definitely can happen
1: Yeah, that's a great way to go about it. And so people can feel confident using it without, um, you know, the potential for addiction or things like that. That sounds like a really mindful approach. Um, I've been interested in CBD, but I also know that it's not regulated by the FDA yet. And so I kind of get overwhelmed with needing to do the research but not and I don't know about you guys but it's like everywhere you drive there's signs about CBD get this get (laughs) this when you're at the gas station if you go inside I mean they're selling it over the counter there so
2: I know um, yes it's everywhere
1: yes so that being said how can people know that a certain CBD product is safe, and effective or really contains what it says it does without having any unwanted additives?
2: Yeah, and that's a really important question because the cannabis plant is what we call a bioaccumulator. So cannabis is really good at pulling toxins out of the soil. It can absorb heavy metals, pesticides, and they actually use it in Chernobyl to pull the toxins out of the radioactive soil, and then they incinerate oh, the cannabis, no yeah, thing. it's really like it's amazing bioaccumulator, and it can heal the soil. But if your cannabis plant or your product was grown not, you know, with non-organic practices or it hasn't been lab tested, and then you could be ingesting heavy metals and toxic elements. So we use a criteria to, Determine if the CBD product is a high-quality product. It's called the FLOW criteria. F stands for flower-derived. You want a CBD product that is made from the flowers, not the stems, the stalks, or the leaves, or the seeds. Only the flower. The flower is where the cannabinoids are most concentrated. The L stands for lab-tested. So you want to make sure that your CBD product is lab-tested to look for heavy metals, pesticides, mold, and contaminants. And most high-quality CBD products will have the lab-testing on their website. The O is organic, so you want it to be grown organically. And then W is whole plant or full spectrum, because you want everything out of the plant. We tend to tell people not to do those isolates. You might see CBD isolate, which is where they take the cannabis plant and they they take it and they really turn the CBD into like this crystalline powder. And it's so far from the plant itself. It's so far removed and there was so much extraction and man-made methods to get it into that crystalline product. So we tell people to kind of stay away from that. You want CBD oil that was Put just taking the flower, putting it in some oil, cooking it, and just the full spectrum—it's got everything else good in the plant product.
0: Oh. Abby, is that kind yeah. of like what? What's so like you can buy here and in South Carolina? I know like Delta Eight, Delta Nine, um, CBD. Are are those like molecules of the marijuana plant or cannabis plant?
2: Yes. So Delta 9 THC is the THC that we find in cannabis. That's like the traditional THC, and that is the psychoactive element that gets people high. Delta 9 is where they have adjusted the chemical composition of THC. So it will still get you high. It's not as strong as delta 9 but it's able to fly under the radar legally because it's not delta 9 thc which is illegal federally but delta 8 isn't so it's sort of a way for states to give access to people to have thc and to be able to get high or have that psychoactive element but it is um, it's not cbd in like the traditional sense it will still get you high
1: So do you have any specific brands that you recommend or a specific route of delivery?
2: Yes, I do. So my go-to brand is called Unity Formulas. Unity Formulas is made by nurse Jana Champagne. She's the professor of cannabis therapeutics. At Pacific College. It's the master's degree that healthcare professionals can get in cannabis therapeutics. So she's one of those professors, and she is a member of the Cannabis Nurses Network with me and has done some amazing advocacy in Oregon. And she came across cannabis to help her child with autism. So 15% of all proceeds from Unity Formulas go to her nonprofit, Autism Safe Haven. And they follow all the flow criteria, which actually Jana Champagne came up with the flow criteria. So flower-derived, lab-tested, organic, whole plant spectrum. So Unity Formulas is my go-to um, all the time. That is what I recommend people for CBD. And for your listeners today, if they go to www.nurseabbyllc.com discount they can sign up to get a 20% discount on Unity Formulas.
0: Oh, woohoo. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Love uh. a good discount.
2: Yes, I really believe in Unity Formulas in their mission and they're very passionate to basically make medical grade CBD products.
0: How does that work, Abby? Like if we're in states where marijuana is not legal, how does that because I know that you're in Colorado, right?
2: Right. Right. So thanks to the 2018 Farm Act, CBD is allowed in all 50 states. Um, so that's been really helpful. So the Farm Act made it so CBD can be used, grown, and distributed to all 50 states. So you can buy from Unity Formulas and have it shipped to your house because it is less than zero three percent thc and they have that's a very strict very very low amount of thc that cbd companies federally have to abide by so that's kind of how people can have access to cbd and um, it won't have any thc in it
1: oh that's good to know um one more question are there any people who should not take cannabis like people taking certain drugs or with certain medical conditions
2: Yeah, so it's kind of a case-by-case basis. Cannabis can interact with other medications. Um, Cannabis uses a very common enzyme pathway in the liver to metabolize the medicine. And it's Mm -hmm. the same enzyme family that metabolizes most pharmaceutical medications. So if you are taking CBD and you're on other pharmaceuticals, What can happen is the CBD is taking up space in the liver being metabolized and your other pharmaceuticals are kind of waiting in line to get metabolized. And while they're waiting in line, their concentration builds up in the bloodstream. So we see this with certain heart medications, blood thinners. So um, if you're taking CBD and you're on a blood thinner, you might notice you're starting to bruise a little bit more. And then you go to the to your doctor and you'll know you'll get your lab done. And your blood thinner levels will be a little bit higher than they used to be. So you'll have to work with your physician to bring those levels back down, maybe reduce your dose of your blood thinner or your heart medicine so that you don't have that buildup. So it's important if you're on a lot of medications or you take heart medications, blood thinners or sedating agents like opioids, sleeping medicine, you might need a lower dose, which is kind of beneficial to need a lower dose, but you just need to talk with your doctor.
1: Okay, good to know.
0: So um, what types of services do you provide, and how can people get in touch with you, Abby?
2: Yeah, so I do one-on-one coaching. I do virtual coaching where I just walk people through all of this about the history of cannabis, the endocannabinoid system, certain lifestyle and diet changes you can make to upregulate the production of your own cannabinoids, and then how to use CBD versus THC. So we go through a whole long intake and two-hour session of kind of optimizing their endocannabinoid system and which products would be best for you how should you use them because there's a lot of different types of products too there's lotions creams um, topical there's oral there's inhaled and they all have different benefits so we go through all of that so that's the one-on-one coaching I also do educational speaking so I do events for other like wellness centers where I just teach people about cannabis and then i also have business partnerships where i work with acupuncturists and other holistic practitioners as sort of a mutual referral thing so if someone's looking for a good acupuncturist then i can sort of vet someone that would be a good fit for them and um, all of that information is on my website which is nurse abby that's com.
1: beautiful thank you so much abby it's been such a pleasure talking with you. You just have a really great way of explaining these more complex topics in a way that's easy to understand and relatable. And by the way, you have a
2: fantastic voice. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <You're welcome. laughs> You're welcome. You know, I think that's where nurses are optimally placed to fill this gap of knowledge when it comes to cannabis because we are so used to taking information and making it understandable the doctor comes in and gives you your diagnosis and puts you on all the meds and then the patient looks at us and goes what does all that mean Uh (laughs) so (laughs) right yeah it's been a great training the last seven years on how to make things understandable for people so I appreciate that thank you
0: Yeah, you definitely would want Nurse Abby, I think. (laughs) Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes, thank you.
1: Thank you so much for coming on, Abby. We're both just so blessed and thankful that you came on with us. If you want to learn more about Nurse Abby, you can visit her website, like she said. I'm going to make a blog post. It will publish today um, with information on her Instagram, Facebook. You can find our information about the socials there. And, yeah.
2: yeah. Wonderful. Thank well, thank you so much for having me on. I really am so happy to be here and help support your podcast.
0: Thank you, Abby. Take care. We'll talk soon.
2: Okay. Thank you. Yeah, Bye-bye.
0: Don't forget to share your light. Share your light.
2: Woo-hoo.